Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my time. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And now, here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, the program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. It's great to be with you today. I'm excited about our show today on this wonderful Mother's Day weekend. We have great guests. Uh, Of course, before we go to them, I want to let you know that, of course, the Roger Frank and William Show is presented by Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster. And I also want to let you know that if you're hearing our show on Saturday, and of course, you'll be hearing it on Saturday and Sunday, but if you're hearing it on Saturday, you still have time to get over to Thompson Jewelers and select a wonderful gift for mom uh, during for Mother's Day, uh, for the woman in your life to help celebrate Mother's Day. They'll help you pick something out in a low-pressure environment, a no-pressure environment, and the Wonderful people at Thompson Jewelers are have a have a joy to help you and help us find just the perfect gifts for those who are important to us. So, if you're hearing the show uh, Saturday morning, I and if you still um are looking for would like to get something a wonderful gift, the perfect gift for Mother's Day, I urge you to get over to Thompson Jewelers, and they are of course located in the in the Colonial Plaza uh, at on East Fifty in Orlando, Orlando's original shopping mall. And in Kissimmee St. Cloud, in the Hobby Lobby Shopping Center on Highway 192, Thompson Jewelers. Now let's go to our, our, and our on our guest today. Later we'll hear from Grant Malloy, Seminole County Clerk of Court. Later we'll hear from Pat McGuffin, Pastor of Faith Fellowship Church, Freedom Faith Fellowship Church. And then later, but right now we're pleased to be joined by Representative Anthony Sabatini, who is continuing to do outstanding work, standing up for freedom and for our constitutional God-given liberties in his role in the Florida House of Representatives. Hello, Anthony. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, good to to be back on the show, Roger. Always always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I encourage, uh, I, of course, keep up with you on Facebook. I encourage our listeners to do the same and Twitter as well. Um, a lot of things you're as always you're involved in a lot of things on various fronts d- fighting for freedom defending freedom uh, advancing pushing back uh, against the oppressors the left uh, most recently we've had actually some rare good news uh, in recent months in that you know governor DeSantis issued uh, an order from the governor's office that would override any mandate mass mandates by local governments um, and and other you know at that level so can you talk about that and also your efforts uh, to get that extended to public schools as well? Absolutely. Well, yeah, the governor did something I was very proud to have uh, uh, see done and uh, definitely supported it. And what he did is he ended all of the local states of emergency in the cities and counties and stripped the cities and counties of Florida uh, from further inflicting any more of their ridiculous uh, lockdowns, mass mandates, curfews, and all the rest of it um, related to COVID. And we saw over the last 14 months, I think, more tyranny, more abuse of power, more ridiculous, heavy-handed government 
machinations than we've probably ever seen in the history of the state of Florida, and so I was happy to see him eclipse that. Unfortunately, he did not include our local school boards, which, as many people know, are oftentimes bastions of leftism and heavy-handed government action. Uh, and uh, they, I think that they really should have been included in that original order. So I wrote a letter that actually went viral and got some national news uh, urging our great governor, the best governor in the country, in my opinion, uh, to extend that executive order to include those political subdivisions such as the school boards. Because if you don't, they're going to continue to mistreat these children by making these small children wear masks literally 12, 18 hours a day. Uh, you know, treating them like cattle, 9,500 degrees outside, and they're being told they're going to be punished if they're not wearing this mask all the time, which is cruel, inhumane. And um, I'm trying to, you know, push our governor to do that. I like what he's done, but I, I think he needs to do that next step and, uh, you know, rid those uh, school boards of that power. Now, I've got, um, you know, a, a wonderful development. You know, one of the, the best developments, as I said before, in, in, in months, uh, certainly probably in, in the last year, and I agree with you about uh, just the entire tyranny. I've, we've had erosion or or advances against our God-given constitutional rights that I never thought I'd see in this country. Um, you know, under the guise of of so-called COVID, can you um um and and here here here's the next question is you know I you know as our listeners know I've been um, a skeptic of 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 the of the gravity, if you will, of this quote crisis. And from from day one, from the very beginning, I, I just see it as a, as a, an attempt, an effort by the globalist, uh, worldwide globalists, and, and especially here in America, to erode individual rights and and change you know fundamentally change our society to a more uh, uh, you know government or you know powerful society and um, a less free society. But um, what do you where do you see this going? I mean, do you think that you know? The worst is over in terms of the lockdowns, the, 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 the COVID crises, the health aspect crisis of this. Or do you think they've got something else up their sleeve? The globe and I, the globalist I'm oh, talking I, about. You know, I hate to sound pessimistic, but I really think this is just um, the beginning. I think you're going to start to see a lot more of these types of government actions taken um, now that they've normalized this behavior, starting to see them say, oh, well, you know, it's okay to uh, lock down, you know, that we're saving lives, we're here to help, so-called help people, et cetera, and uh, create this, this this normalized role of government to, you know, in the case of masks, tell you what you're supposed to wear, how you're supposed to dress, where you're allowed to go, in the case of curfews, when you're allowed to go to work, when you're allowed to leave your home, and, and you know, in the case of lockdown, it's just whether your business is considered essential or not. This was really a test run for a style of governance that uh, liberals have always wanted the uh, federal and state governments and local governments to have. This was just simply their first opportunity to exercise it. So, um, you know, I think that you're going to see other types of so-called emergencies, quote-unquote emergencies, uh, you know, casted out by the Democrats come next year. I think you're going to see uh, you know, the next, the next mass shooting, they're going to say, oh, we have a gun emergency. You know, we're going to have to do a lockdown or, um, you know, shut down certain businesses in the name of an emergency because there was a shooting, that sort of thing. Um, you know, it's uh, it's sad to see what happened, and that's one of the reasons I fought uh, the mass mandates and lockdowns and curfews and school closures so hard from the beginning because I knew that they were just trying to normalize this new role for government. So, 
no, I see it the same way you do. And uh, from my perspective, no elected official in America that I'm aware of uh, has done a better job of pushing back and being proactively advancing forward and, and, and taking the fight to the globalists and to the those who want to, uh, you know, take away our liberties and expand uh, you know, government to an illegitimate uh, place in terms of power um, and really appreciate all of your efforts. Now, and, and that leads into the next question, you know, as, as you've shared with our listeners in the past, um, you know, you, you're now a candidate for Congress uh, in, you know, 2000 and, and, and you know, what, I guess 22. Can, would you talk a little bit about that? Once again, you know, why you've made that decision to seek uh, to serve in Congress and, you know, you know the, the, way, the way your campaign is going thus far. Well, the campaign's going amazingly. Um, as you know, I'm running for a seat that won't be created in, for a, a few more months until later this year in the fall, uh, but it really hasn't stopped the energy uh, from building up. You know, we raised a quarter million dollars, $250,000 we've raised for the election just in two months. We've gotten uh, amazing endorsements. You know, I'm speaking all around the state. I just got back from Mar-a-Lago a couple weeks ago, spoke on another day in Palm Beach with uh, General Michael Flynn, we're getting a lot of support uh, nationally, too, you know, from uh, people who are true conservatives who appreciate the Freedom Caucus and want to see more congressmen join the Freedom Caucus. And so uh, it's going really good so far, and uh, you know, I'm just very, very grateful for the support of God. And now you're going to be uh, at a major event a Friday evening uh, with Matt Gates and— um the Cong- you know the the outstanding uh, female congressman from Georgia. Can you talk tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Uh, you know, Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene are the strongest voices in the America First movement. You know, American, you know, sovereignty, American tradition, American family values, and you know, the common sense ideas that make this country great. These are the ones, these are the Congress people I think who champion those values the most and, you know, the legacy of Donald Trump. And so they're doing a national tour across the country uh, in states and areas to highlight, uh, you know, the where the Republican Party needs to be going next. Because one of the things we need to figure out as conservatives is how to get our own house in order. Yeah, we got to take the country back. Yeah, we got to take the house back. But first, we've got to take the Republican Party back. And if we don't get our principles in order and we don't have the right leaders and the right message, it's all going to be for a waste. You know, if you look at what happened in the first two years of the Trump presidency, yeah, it was, those were good years and Trump did a great job. But the legislative leadership through Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell was so weak and impotent that it really held back and you know, pushed back on some of the great things I think Donald Trump could have did if he had more people who had his back. And so I think this rally is uh, really going to help the nation focus on that important question and that important uh, debate. Absolutely great. We wish you, everyone, all of you the best at, at that event and uh, really appreciate everything that you do. It's been great to have you join us uh, briefly once again. We'll continue to follow your progress and look forward to hearing from you soon again. Thank you, Roger. Always happy to be on. Looking forward to talking again soon. Thank you. Appreciate everything you're doing to protect my freedom and, and all of our freedom and God-given constitutional liberties and battle the left effectively. Friends, Representative Anthony Sabatini representing Lake County at the moment in the Florida legislature, also 
a candidate for United States Congress in the 2022 elections. We're going to go to break now, and we'll we hear we return. We'll hear from Grant Malloy, Seminole County Clerk of Court. Want to of course give a shout out also to our friends over to Popka Mower and Equipment Repair. It's where they sell the best and they fix the rest. You can find them at 2975 West Orange Blossom Trail, north of Apopka. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you on a wonderful Mother's Day weekend throughout Central Florida. Hope you enjoyed that brief conversation with Representative Anthony Sabatini. I'm always amazed at how much he's accomplishing and what a tremendous voice he is and what a forceful and effective voice Anthony Sabatini is in defending our freedoms from the from the left, from all vestiges of the left, especially the so-called mainstream media, and just uh, being effective as a as an elected representative and as an advocate and, a, and as a voice for freedom. In a moment, we're going to go to regular contributor Grant Malloy, Seminole County Clerk of Court and Comptroller. Before we go to Grant, of course, I want to once again remind you, if you're hearing our show on Saturday morning um, and you still would like to get another gift for Mother's Day, or if you haven't gotten your first one, there's still hope and there's still time. I would encourage you to get over to Thompson Jewelers, get over to see Derek and all the great people at Thompson Jewelers, Bob, Vicki, everybody, and, and they will help you, patiently help you find a perfect gift for that special woman in your life for Mother's Day. And they, of course, are located in the Colonial Plaza Mall on East 50 in Orlando, Orlando's original uh, mall right there at East 50 in Bumby, or in St. Cloud, Kissimmee on 192 in the Hobby Lobby Shopping Center. Thompson Jewelers. Also, want to let you know that Florida Door Solutions supports the guests you hear on the Roger Frank and Williams Show and on all the programs you hear on the new AM 950 and FM 94.9, The Answer, and our messages of support for our free enterprise system and our and patriotism. If you have garage store problems, Florida Door Solutions has your solution. You can find them at FLADoor.com. That's FLADoor.com. Or just give them a call at 866-FLA-DOOR. Please tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Now let's go to Grant Malloy, Seminole County Clerk of Court and Comptroller. Hello, Grant. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Roger. Thanks for having me on. I always appreciate your local coverage of uh, what's going on in county government and Central Florida. No, well, I wonder you're a big contributor to it, and, and I appreciate um, everything you do you know, on our behalf and then for the citizens of Seminole County. And speaking of which, uh, as usual, when you check in with us, there you have some new uh, developments from the clerk of court's office that are helping make life in Seminole County simpler and more efficient for citizens. Can you share a couple of those with us? Sure, Roger. There's a bunch of things going on. I'll highlight a couple. Uh, one is, and I can't remember if I mentioned it, I think maybe I mentioned we're moving forward on it before on your show, is the new walk-up windows we have put in place over at the Criminal Justice Center. I call that the Criminal Courthouse, which is off of 1792. 
it, it is working out very well. We're getting lots of compliments from the public of, of people who can avoid the security lines, all the screening that goes on when you try to go inside the courthouse. You can simply go to the left of the building. There's a nice overhang. There's some park benches there, and there's two walk-up windows, kind of like going up to a bank teller. And you can do anything with a traffic ticket there, get on a uh, submit paperwork for your traffic tickets. Uh, there's a list of the services available by the window. So it's mainly traffic citations right now, and it's it's worked out very well. We're also taking some criminal payments there, too, if you have a criminal payment. That's a simple thing to do. Fast services, we can get you in and out, and you don't have to waste your time, you know, getting through security and, and all that uh, health checks as well. Uh, sometimes the line... What we're finding is more people are going to the walk-up windows outside than are coming into the building now. They're so popular. Also, I want to let people know, if you go to our website, SeminoleClerk.org, and if, you're, uh, if you can't afford an attorney and you're trying to file some uh, paperwork for a case, we have put in a new self-help center online. And if you have a case you want to file, it could be on small claims, it could be on evictions, it could be a dissolution of marriage, or even uh, domestic violence injunctions. You can file those now through the website. And if you go to assimilclerk.org and you look down directly at the bottom, you'll see a button that says self-help. So you can do that online, or you can always come into our new self-help center that we opened up at the other courthouse near the lake in downtown Sanford, 301 North Park Avenue. We've opened up a self-help center there to help people with forms, answer some basic questions, and we can help you with small claims, evictions, and dissolution of marriage there as well and uh, help you out because a lot of people just can't afford attorneys and they have some basic questions. Now, we can't give a legal advice, but we can help you out with some forms and walk you through the process to make sure it's submitted correctly. So you can go online or come right into our courthouse as well. And I'm trying to work out an agreement with the local bar association to provide some low-cost legal help in the future. I think that'd be an awesome addition to help folks out in uh, Seminole County access the justice system. So there's um, there's uh, SeminoleClerk.org is the phone number, I mean the website, and the phone number is uh, 665-4300, and that's, uh, of course, 407. No, it's great. I really appreciate your efforts to make uh, interfacing with local government more efficient for, for our citizens. Now, and friends, we're speaking with Grant Malloy, Seminole County Clerk of Court and Comptroller on the Roger Franklin Williams Show, presented by Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster. And, you know, Grant, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us that's uh, yes, I, Yeah, I sure would. Um, you know, the, the county's moving forward on a annex building, an office building. Uh, this is a couple years down the road, but the Designs are being made right now, and this is going to eventually move uh, the clerk's office almost entirely over to that newer courthouse on 1792. So in advance of that, I'm trying to develop more services, streamline our structure here to make sure that we're as efficient and as helpful as possible. So I've moved over some services, such as marriage licenses now you can get at that other courthouse. But in the near future, we'll also be opening up civil cases at the Criminal Justice Center. So that would mean you could go to either courthouse or to either of the branches if you want to open a small claim suit. 
you could do that at any location versus just it used to be you could only do it at one. Uh, the other thing we're doing is putting in training right now for what are called notice of commencements. This is uh, important for homeowners or for contractors. If you're going to put in uh, get a building permit, you have to file a notice of commencement with the clerk's office. And we're in the process now of training our offices to accept those at the branches or at either courthouse as well. That's not officially launched yet. We're, we're in the works and hope to roll that out in a few weeks. Just to make it convenient because, you know, people don't like going, getting the runaround. I don't. <laughs> you know, you don't like to show up at one place and told, oh, you got to go to this other place. You want good service, fast, in and out. And that's what we're, we're uh, trying to do at more and more locations to make it more, more helpful. No, that's great, and thank you for bringing us up to date and our listeners up to date. Friends, you're listening to the Roger Frank and Williams Show. Right now we're speaking with Grant Malloy, Seminole County Clerk of Court and Comptroller. And, Grant, I now I'd like to um, kind of ask you your question. Um, and we got about three minutes. You know, this time last year, of course, was really one of the most trying times I think any of us have ever had in our lifetime. It was right after the COVID lockdowns began, there was incredible, you know, you know, well-deserved anxiety by virtually everybody about what the future might hold. And part of the whole thing was um, loss of revenue, particularly for governments and particularly for clerk of courts uh, uh, around the state of Florida and if not the country as well. Um, how has your, your office weathered that storm? Well, I think it, it was a very difficult time, and I think we've probably handled it better than most other clerk's offices for a couple reasons. One is we saw this coming early on. We, we monitor our data, and we saw traffic citations were dropping to next to nothing. We knew there was going to be a revenue shortfall. So we immediately stopped giving pay raises. I shifted people to other funding sources to work on other projects, for instance, uh, backscanning all the old official records and making those available. That'll be coming down the, uh, the, in the future as well. So I tried to, what I did is I allocated people to other places. The county did help us out, weather that storm, and to still keep everybody efficient and employed, because I knew when things got back busy, you want all your people ready to go. So I think we're one of the few clerk's offices in the state that didn't furlough anybody, and we're able to do so just by conservative principles, being efficient, and also we stopped hiring for about a year. So we're down about... 13 employees right now, and, and I think most of those will not come back because we've also put in place a lot of technology improvements. So the revenue is stabilized now. It's it's not what it used to do be. We're 10% smaller than last year. Um, there was some help by uh, Representative Sabatini and the, the legislators this year to allow us to keep a reserve fund. That was one of the problems. We just had no ability to save any money because at the end of the year, your account got wiped to zero. Uh, so we weathered the storm, we're providing the services, and in a way, the challenges made us better, I think. We got more more functions online, uh, more services online. COVID, in a way, has really helped us become better in the long run, even though it was quite stressful uh, when the impacts first occurred. Great, great insight, and I uh, commend you once again for your, for your leadership there. You're very efficient leadership, and... Um, you know, it's a blessing among many blessings that we kind of have reached the stage that we have now. But I think 
one of the most overriding blessings is, uh, you know, the blessing of, of DeSantis as our governor and somebody who's got the courage to stand up uh, to those who want to um, you know, shut everything down uh, for whatever reason and to protect and defend our God-given constitutional liberties. But uh, anyway, it's great to have you joining us. Thank you for this update, and we look forward to catching up with you soon. Thank you, Roger. You have a wonderful day, and I really appreciate you allowing us to share this information. Always enjoy it. Great work. Keep up the good work. Well, friends, we'll go to a quick break. we come back. We'll have more great guests on the Roger Franklin Williams Show, presented by Christopher's Prime Steak and Lobster. Welcome back. Good to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now back to the studio. Here's Roger Franklin Williams. Welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today, and it's great to be with you on a wonderful Mother's Day weekend throughout Central Florida. Of course, the Roger Franklin Williams Show is presented by Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster, where you'll find generous servings of Beef, prime beef, and cold water Australian lobster served in an atmosphere of old school elegance and sophistication. They're conveniently located at 729 Lee Road, which is just two blocks west of I-4 Orlando. Also, want to give a shout out to our friend Dr. Patrick St. Germain and, of course, all the great people over at St. Germain Chiropractic and let you know that Dr. Patrick St. Germain has been voted best chiropractor once again for now 16 years in a row. So when you're in pain, I can urge you to get over to see Dr. Patrick St. Germain and the great people at St. Germain Chiropractic. Now for our next guest, we're pleased to be joined by Pat McGuffin. He's the lead pastor of Freedom Fellowship Church and by Angela Shaw. And they are involved in presenting, uh, very interesting event seminar coming up soon, May 22nd from 9 a.m. to 12 noon at the Apopka Community Center, also known as the VFW in Apopka. And I'll let them tell you about it. The name is Parenting in a Digital Age, and you can find out all about it at parentinginadigitalage.com. Now let's go to uh, Pat McGuffin and Angela Shaw. Pat, Angela, thanks for coming over. Thank you so much for having us. Good to be here, Roger. Thank you. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, I was, I was going to announce you as a regular contributor to the show, but yeah, it's been a while since you've been on. So it has I, been a I have while. To, have to get you coming back uh, more often. Thank you. And, you're, of course, Pat McGuffin is always involved in positive activities and events and initiatives in our community. And, Pat, tell us a little bit about this one first. Uh, talk, tell us about parenting in a digital age um, and parentinginadigitalage.com. Yes, thank you, Roger. Um, we're just real excited about bringing this initiative to the citizens in the greater Apopka area. Um, there is such a different generation that our children and our children's children are growing up in right now. And uh, it's a de- it's an age where they have not known anything but having a smartphone, a computer, or a tablet, uh, unlike earlier generations. And therefore, they're always on them. 
Um, Angela will give you some of the statistics on how many because it's uh, truly amazing. But how do you parent a child who may know more than you in that realm? <laughs> and in fact, I probably should say does know more than you. And uh, so we want to be able to give those parents some wonderful tools to help protect the children um, and also to uh, help them grow. Uh, so it's not all on the negative side, but um, most parents feel deficient in the area of knowing how do I deal with my child who probably knows more than me on that silly phone. No, it's a great uh, initiative. uh, And I I certainly, obviously, I think all of us see the need of it every day. And Angela, Angela Shaw is the presenter. Um, Can you share your perspective on parenting in a digital age? Yeah, we are so excited for this event. My husband and I have three kids. And as we watched different tech devices enter our home, we realize that we are parenting a generation that no parent has gone before us and blazed a trail. And it's so different. I mean, some of the statistics these days are scary. Um, They're finding the CDC has found that 11 to 14 year olds spend an average of nine hours each day on screens. And this is something that, I mean, when I was younger, I didn't have screens. That wasn't a thing. You know, my parents' generation didn't have that. And so we're trying to navigate this. And so at this event, we're going to be discussing just kind of what the parents are facing these days and raising kids in this digital age, give some practical tools for navigating this tech world, and just share what we have learned about protecting our kids, but also preparing them for this world that we live in. No, it's a great, great cause, great event. And um, I encourage all of our listeners to to find out more about it and check it and attend if you can. And you can find out more about it at parentinginadigitalage.com. That's parentinginadigitalage.com. And the actual seminar will take place May the 22nd from 9 a.m. to 12 noon at the Apopka Community Center. And let's go back to Angela Shaw now. Of course, Angela Shaw will be the presenter at the seminar. What are some of the major, I know there's a, you know, massive number of challenges uh, mm-hmm. that this whole situation presents, but what are a couple of the top one, two, or three challenges uh, that, that pay- parents are, are, are facing? I think some of the challenges are the amount of time that kids are spending on sp- screens. There's some definitely legitimate needs for them to be on screens, as we're finding a lot of schools are using that, distance learning, and so learning how to navigate that and set, set some boundaries, and then all the things that are out there. It's hard to understand devices and learn how to protect them, um, how to prepare them to use it, teach them to use it. So that's what we're going to be focusing on is just really talking about the, the different things that are out there, the time they spend on it, the access to pornography that they have and the st- scary statistics with that. Um, I was reading one thing and someone was saying that she was eight years old when she first um, stumbled onto porn when she misspelled YouTube trying to look up something. And that's the world our kids are growing up in. So we're going to talk about that and what we can do to help our kids through that. Yeah, yeah, let me jump in on that. Um, You know, I think that if we're not careful, we could have our children grow up in a time where they get derailed very early, Mm -hmm. whether it's become addicted to their screens, addicted to gaming, addicted to porn. Um, uh, But each of these things have their own challenges and all at an earlier age than we ever had to deal with things of this nature. And so if we don't, as parents, know, well, what tools? are out there. There's obviously apps and all that that need to be there because 
um, kids are smart. They'll figure things out. You know, they even have the obviously with the Snapchat, you know, oh, I can just send that picture that I probably shouldn't send and it's going to get over to somebody, but it'll get gone. Well, not necessarily unless the little boyfriend doesn't do a screenshot capture or what have you. And so suddenly um, what they thought was private was not private whatsoever. And whatever goes out there on that digital Internet uh, comes back, you know, even as we know as adults in the whole area of um, what you put out there about yourself on the social media, employers are now looking at, you know, obviously. Um, So in the same way, um, different focus, but in the same way, children are having to wrestle with a lot of things they did not have to wrestle with earlier. And um, so from from the opportunity, I like to use the word derailed. Um, they could really be derailed as far as growing academically, growing morally, um, being able to interact with people as opposed to just being isolated. And all these things have answers. And um, we're not saying that we have all the answers, but we have a lot of great tools that we'll be exposing. Great. And uh, we'll be talking about those later in this segment and and after our break as well. Um, One thing I just thought about, too, was – Child predators yes. out yes. there um, in this this nether world, if you will. Yeah. Now, fr- friends, it's great to have you joining us today on the Roger Frank and Williams Show. Right now, we're speaking with Pastor Pat McGuffin. He's the lead pastor of Freedom Fellowship Church, and we're speaking with Angela Shaw. Angela will be the presenter at the Parenting in a Digital Age seminar, which is going to take place on May the twenty second at the Apopka Community Center between 9 a.m. and 12 noon. You can find out more at parentinginadigitalage.com. And now why don't we talk about some of the uh, the, the more positive side of the ledger and what are some of the solutions uh, uh, that, that parents can have to the, to this big problem of uh, you know the amount of time that their kids, uh, especially very, very young kids, spend on their phones and devices. Yeah, there's a lot of tools out there. We're going to be featuring some of our favorite ones that help um, filter things out. So they prevent your kids from being able to access certain websites from their devices. You can control how much time they're on their devices or just shut down the Internet on specific devices from your phone, which is awesome. There's another one that we love um, that goes through and essentially reads everything on your tech devices for you and send you alerts when certain things are flagged. I even got an email from them one time about my son. He had gone away on a trip and wasn't using his laptop like he normally would for school. And so the company emailed me and said, hey, we've noticed that um, he's not using this as much. So you might want to check that out and see if he has figured out a way around this filtering system. And I love that. Thankfully, my kid had not, but if he had, it was so great that not only is it checking things for me, but alerting me when their screen habits change. And so there are lots of things like that that we're going to be talking about that parents can use to help and then also setting them up with some tools to tee up some conversations with their kids to help them learn how to use the tech devices with wisdom. That, that's a great point. And um, in fact, that's, I'd like to follow that, use that as a follow-up question when we come back from our break. And um, certainly, and uh, how to get these conversations started and, and what parents should and, and, and can say to the kids, because I, I suspect there's also somewhat of a communication gap as well, you know, which yeah. goes back to the whole, uh, the fact that in, in this particular domain, the, the children are more knowledgeable than, than yes. the parents. That's true. And the, adults. 
Friends, we're glad you're joining us today. Right now, we're speaking with Pastor Pat McGuffin, who's the lead pastor of Freedom Fellowship Church. Of course, he's a regular contributor to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And we're speaking with Angela Shaw, who will be the presenter at the Parenting in a Digital Age seminar coming up on May the 22nd from 9 a.m. to 12 noon at the Apopka Community Center. We'll, they're going to stay with us through our next break. And I also want to encourage you that uh, you can find out more about this seminar and this great effort at parentinginadigitalage.com. Before we go to break, of course, I want to give a shout out to our friends Vito and Rhonda over at Network Sound and Video. And once again, remind you that also if you're listening to our show on Saturday morning, that you still have time to get the perfect gift for mom at Thompson Jewelers, located in two locations, in the Colonial Plaza on Highway 50 in Bumby and East or on the east side of Orlando and Kissimmee St. Cloud on 192 in the Hobby Lobby Shopping Center. They'll be happy to help you pick out the perfect gift in a, in a non-pressure environment at Thompson Jewelers. And when we come back, we'll tell you a little bit more about Vito and Rhonda over at Network Sound and Video and the great work that, that they can do as well. well. Friends, we'll be right back on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Friends, glad you're joining us today on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Hope you're enjoying the show. It's great to catch up with Representative Anthony Sabatini earlier in our program, always out there on the front lines defending freedom in a very effective and persuasive way. Great, Got a great report from Grant Malloy, Seminole County Clerk of Court and Comptroller. And now we're speaking with Pastor Pat McGuffin, who's the lead pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church, and with Angela Shaw. Angela Shaw will be the presenter at the Parenting in a Digital Age seminar, which will take place on May the 22nd from 9 a.m. to 12 noon at the Apopka Community Center. You can find out more about that event at parentinginadigitalage.com. And before we go back to Pat and Angela, of course, I want to give a shout out to our friends Vito and Rhonda over at Network Sound and Midi- Video. And of course, remind you that Network Sound and Video is where your memories can last forever. You can find them, of course, at 2520 Ronald Reagan Boulevard in Longwood. In fact, they'd be happy if you just want to drop by and see them. They love their customers and they love seeing our listeners at Network Sound and Video. You can call them at 407 407- Eight three four eight five five five. That's four zero seven eight three four eighty five fifty five. If you call during business hours, a live person will answer your phone, answer the phone. Of course, you can find them twenty four seven three sixty five at networksoundandvideo.com. That's networksoundandvideo.com, where your memories last forever. Now let's go back to Pastor Pat McGuffin and Angela Shaw today representing the Parenting in a Digital Age seminar coming up on May the 22nd at the Apopka Community Center. And let's pick it up where we kind of left off with Angela before the break. And you know, what are some conversation starters that parents can initiate with their kids to address this topic? Yeah, I think some of the problems we're seeing with all this tech stuff is kids don't know how to have conversations in person. 
they hide behind their devices. And so it's even more important. And so we're going to go over some just helpful things to kind of tee up conversations. A, con- a smartphone contract, you know, 10 smart ways to text and put some tools in the parent's hands so that they feel equipped and prepared to start having that dialogue back and forth with their kids. Now, do kids, and I don't have kids so or grandkids, so I'm not a, a great <laughs> representative, but um, do do kids discern some of the danger out there? I think yes and no. I think yes, from the standpoint of once they kind of get sucked in, they are, and statistics are showing that. But starting out, absolutely not. They just kind of think it's this fun thing. It's, it opens up a whole new world. And before they know it, then they're addicted. And we're seeing 50% of teens are admitting to being addicted, but they don't know what to do about it. Um, One study was saying that 10% of seventh graders are saying they are already watching porn to the point where they are concerned and don't feel like they can stop. So yes, in the sense that they eventually realize that they are, but then they're helpless to know what to do about it. And so that's where we want to help not alarm parents, not make us afraid, but we need to be aware of the statistics out there. We need to be aware of all of that and how we can help our kids navigate that. And friends, you can find out all about this topic and especially solutions at the Parenting in a Digital Age seminar on May 22nd, 9 a.m. to 12 noon at the Apopka Community Center. And before then, you can find out more at parentinginadigitalage.com. Now let's go back to Pat McGuffin. And Pat, you had some comments you wanted to make specifically about the threat of, of pornography online. Yes. Um, or And, 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 tra- and child, predator, child predators. Right. So many parents are not even aware that unless they change the settings on their phones and their children's phones, every photo they take is time, date, uh, and place stamped. So um, uh, if someone ever got that photo in some fashion, they could actually find out that, oh, it looks like every Tuesday morning at 1030, you're at the city park over on the such and such bench and uh, scary things that could happen. And plus, uh, little Johnny and Mary really may think they're talking to another little boy or girl when, in fact, it's a 47-year-old man. So there's all kind of things that can happen, and we just need to be aware, again, like Angela said, not to be alarmed, but to know and then to have uh, plans in place. I did want to mention one thing, um, Roger, that uh, this is really a community-wide initiative. Uh, Yes, our church is getting behind it, but the focus is really the practicalities of what a parent and and or grandparent can do. Um, So if you're a grandparent today and you're listening, I would just encourage you to get this information to your children um, uh, that you can go to our website, parentinginadigitalage.com, and uh, please take a look at it, register, and come to it. The second thing was that uh, being a community-wide initiative, the Apopka Chief and the Planter are sponsors of uh, this. The John Land Community Trust, Apopka Community Trust is a a sponsor. Foliage Sertoma, Rotary Club, many other organizations are jumping on the sponsorship of this because they see the need. And so this is really a community-wide initiative that we're just bringing to the table. And that's why we're doing it as a free seminar so that nobody has to worry about money um, at the VFW Apopka Community Center. Wonderful event, wonderful initiative. And we're really pleased that you're, you're here to share with our listeners all about it. I do want to 
pick up uh, and just speak briefly about the Apopka Chief and Planner, of course. And, uh, you know, as, as we both know, uh, they're a true community trust, uh, you know, yes. community treasure in the Apopka community. Used to be the publisher, uh, editor and publisher yes. back in the day. Of course, it's under the uh, you know, great leadership of John, Rick- John and yes. Eileen Ricketson, a publisher now. And, of course, John Perry, yes. uh, editor. Um, yes. who, uh, you know, just, you know, tirelessly wouldn't even begin to work, uh, to, to, you know, to, um, describe John's efforts, mm-hmm. but it's uh, all a labor of love for him. And, and he, uh, himself is a, is a community treasure. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. The apartment chief and planter, you know, so many communities, so many people don't realize that, uh, Small cities like ours, the newspapers are drying up. I mean, we have we have ten well, cities, big big cities too. Yeah, yeah. big cities yeah. too. Yeah, I mean, we have ten cities in Orange County. Uh, how many of them have a newspaper? You know, okay, Orlando, Apopka. You know, th- there's very few that have one left. And so it is a wonderful thing for parents to be able to see their children's photos and hear about community events and what have you. So yes, it's it's great to have them join. Join us in this. Well, Angela, I'll go back to you, Angela Shaw. Anything else that you'd like to, to share that our, our citizens should know or, or some things that they should know uh, in the event they might not be able to make it to the seminar? Yeah, if you go to parentinginadigitalage.com, we've got some stats on there, some some helpful things for parents that might kind of surprise them. You also can find us on all social media platforms, and we'll be posting more after the event, just sharing more resources and, and tips as this kind of continues on, because this isn't just a one and done, come and learn everything and, and move on. This is obviously a moving target that's changing. And probably the biggest thing is come to the event on May 22nd, but pre-register. That way we know how many to expect. We're going to have a, a book for you where you can take notes and have all the resources there. We've got some giveaways that we're doing. We have some coupon codes for some companies that we've partnered up with. And so we're going to have all of that for you and want to make sure that we have enough. And if you register by May 17th, again, it's free, but if you register by May 17th, you'll get an extra entry into our giveaways. And of course, the actual seminar will be May 22nd, 9 a.m. to 12 noon at the Apopka Community Center, also known as the VFW on Central Avenue in downtown Apopka, downtown old Apopka, I guess, if you will. Um, (laughs) One more thing. We've got about three minutes. I would like to go back to the whole conversation about younger people that grow up, you know, in front of screens, in front mm-hmm. of their phone, not having interpersonal skills. Because I think we're, I mean, we're even seeing that in the business world today. Yes. Um, and then also, I, I think where we really saw it was when the 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 founders and the leaders of the tech companies. Testified on Congress. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm mean, talking about some people lacking interpersonal skills. Yes, which is kind of kind of a, a scary a scary situation. But c- can you just talk about h- how to to deal with that? I think that's where setting up boundaries and teaching our children how to use these tech devices with wisdom, where that's not their whole world. You know, the world happens outside of the screen. Tech is great. It helps us keep in touch with people. It gives us all sorts of resources at our fingertips. But if it is the end all of our world and the be all of our world, then we are not going to survive very well. So it's just having those conversations, setting up boundaries, teaching our kids how to use them with wisdom, maybe not giving them everything that they ask for when they're young and waiting until they have that brain development to be able to really use the power that is within those smart devices that we hand them. You know, that's a great situ- uh, 
point, Angela. And and, and also, let me say, I mean, it's not just kids that get addicted to their phone or or to digital media. I mean, I certainly have to fight those urges sometimes myself. You know, I mean, you can definitely find yourself spending more time than ultimately becomes productive. But while at the same time, the thing that makes it so challenging, though, is is they uh, do bring a lot of advantages Mm -hmm. to our life as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's like with everything, there's a balance there. But if we don't teach our kids the balance, they're not going to find it on their own. And like you said, if we as adults are struggling, I mean, I check my email a lot. I struggle with it. How much more are our kids going to struggle when they're growing up in a world where they have known nothing but smart devices? Right. I think one of the other things there is that many children are finding their um, their identity by, yeah. you know, uh, or even uh, young adults. You know, how many people have friended me? So-and-so didn't even like my comment. Or, or well, well, that's a that's a great point. That's one of the things I was thinking about of myself, because sometimes I'm I'm surprised and disconcerted <laughs> by how 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 gratified I might be that somebody likes something I put on Facebook. Right. Yeah. And sometimes we have to step away and like shake ourselves. You know. Yes, we do. We do. And how much more a younger, undeveloped mind, like oh, yeah. Angela is saying, it, it, it's very important. And so I think that this. This, um, we, in fact, we were even asking in talking to the mayor, I spoke to the mayor about it, and uh, he said, you know, I hope you're doing it more than just now, and I hope you do it next year, too, and we will. Well, awesome, and we look forward to seeing you then, too, and, and of course, many times before. Well, Pat McGuffin, Angela Shaw, thanks for coming over to joining us on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Thank you. And friends, you can find out more about the awesome seminar at parentinginadigitalage.com. Well, friends, it's been great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. Hope that you'll have a wonderful Mother's Day weekend.